0: Welcome back, 1160 a.m., the Quest Atlanta's Catholic radio station. We are in day two of our Celebrate the Faith Spirit Drive, and we are grateful that you are listening. We also would love it if you would become part of the team and give us a call at 678 688 4549. 678 688 4549. You know, when we do these these local pledge drives, we are interrupting regular programming because we are trying to raise the necessary funds to keep Catholic radio strong in Atlanta. And when we do these local pledge drives, we also get to bring in great local guests. And our guest right now for the next hour is Father Louis Rabeda. He is the pastor at Epiphany of the Lord Byzantine Catholic Church. That's not one that we hear often, so we'll find out more about that. It's here in Roswell, and we are grateful that you're here. Thank you.
1: You're welcome, thank you.
0: All right, so um, a little bit, uh, we, we know that all good things begin with prayer. So that's where we want to start, is to, to begin with a prayer for the next hour. Would you be willing to lead us in that prayer?
1: Sure. We'll do a, a traditional Byzantine prayer. We always ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly King, Comforter, mm-hmm. Spirit of Truth, everywhere present and filling all things, Treasury of blessings and giver of life, come and dwell within us. Cleanse us of all stain and save our souls, O gracious one. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Love that. I I always say, you know... People say, how do you do this all day? I say, it's always, the, it's got to be the Holy Spirit, because I can't even leave an answering machine message without saying, uh, 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 so, you know, it's got to be, got to be the Holy Spirit if anything good is going on here, so, so uh, I appreciate that prayer very, very much. We are talking yeah. with Father Louis Rebeta. he's the pastor at Epiphany of the Lord, a few housekeeping things before we start into the interview process. We have this bell here. We wanna ring the bell. We get to ring it whenever we get a founder. A founder is a person who gives $100 a month for 36 months, or a one-time $3,600 donation. Um, our founder for today was Major General Tom, who was just here as a guest, and he was our first founder of the day. We also had nine yesterday. We had Julie and Julieta, Denise, Janet, Betty, St. Bridges Men's Club, Michael, Father Peak, and Denise, who all called in yesterday as a founder. Can you join them and call in at $100 a month for 36 months, or a one-time $3,600 pledge? When you do that, Father gets to ring the bell, and we will give you an Echo Dot as a gift, um, as a thank you for for joining us as a founder. Um, My understanding is, you know, it's pretty cool. Whenever you, you go to the Echo Dot, you say, who founded the Catholic Church? The answer is Jesus Christ. How cool is that? You know that I just I think that's awesome that you know anybody who has one of those is going to get the correct message that that Jesus mm-hmm. Christ founded the Catholic Church. So how cool is that? All right, so we also have some other giveaways along the way. We have uh Holy cards for a donation of any amount. Whatever it is, you get a holy card of St. Gabriel, um, who is the patron of Catholic Radio. All monthly donors get a book of the hour. So I don't know what the books are, but they have books that they they mail out to all monthly donors. So it can be a $5 a month, and you still get the, the book of the month. Um, founders, of course, like I just said, um, get the Echo Dot. Each day, everyone who calls in with a pledge of any amount goes into a drawing. At the end of the day, we draw out one name and that person will get uh, the blessed rosary from a holy site. So um, we're going to find out who the um, person received the rosary yesterday um, and we'll announce that on the air. Uh, We also have... um, Different surprises that come out throughout the day, and we want to give a, a huge thank you to Chick Fil A. <laughs> so that that's not part of uh, the giveaways, but but they've been giving to us. They have been giving to Catholic Radio providing us with delicious, delicious breakfast sandwiches. Um, I'm telling you what, really nice. So, Father, go over there and check it out before you leave. They, they may still have a few. And I'm telling you what, their cooler thing keeps them warm for a long time, and they truly are delicious. So so go and get uh, one of their their chicken breakfast biscuit sandwiches. Okay, so, and the one that donated to us is on Woodstock Road in Roswell. So, uh, go and go and frequent them and give them your business because they supported Catholic Radio. Okay, so now, enough of the housekeeping. We also ring the bell at every $10,000 mark. I almost forgot that part. So, hmm. we are now at $4,350, so we're just 5000 uh, six hundred and fifty dollars away from being able to ring the bell. So we could do that. We can easily do that while you're sitting in the hot seat. If we get a founder and that founder helps us to get over ten thousand dollars, we ring it twice. So let's let's ring the bell a whole lot of times. Were you an altar boy at one time, Father?
1: I was, yes. Okay,
0: so you know how to ring a bell, yeah? Uh, no. No, you didn't ring a bell. Not as in a-
1: that. Uh, not in that context. No, we don't mm-hmm. have uh, the altar servers. Don't
0: interesting adults. okay yeah. well we'll find out more about the Byzantine. So. so hey that's awesome okay so you can ring the bell though we can okay, make yeah, sure I, you I do it okay all mm-hmm. right so 678-688-4549 678-688-4549 come on let's get those phones going we've had five donations so far today want to say thank you to Tom, to Michelle, to Kyle, to Pam, and to John, who all called in and got us to that point where at $4,350, can you be the next person? Give us a call, 678 688 4549. We're talking with Father Louis Rabeda. He's the pastor at Epiphany of the Lord, and we would like to start with your vocation story, if you would be willing to do that for us.
1: Sure. Um, My story started, I was probably 20 years old in college. I was going to college for graphic design at uh, a technical college in Pennsylvania. I'm from Pennsylvania. And um, during this time, I was having some difficulty with life and some uh, not uh, rising to some challenges so well. And uh, I knew that I needed some kind of uh, religious reading. I'm not sure if I was reading the Bible at this time, but... Uh, I knew I needed something to read, and I was going on a vacation for Christmas. I was going to go uh, stay with my brother at that time. And I went to my parish priest, my parish priest gave me a few books. And so I said, okay, well, maybe I'll, you know, I'll, I'm going to read one of these books. Um, but the book I picked up and just started to read, I said, okay, well, I'm going to open the cover. I'll start at the first page, you know, we'll see what happens. It happened to be The Confessions by St. Augustine. Mm. And so I just started reading. I'm like, okay, again, I'll read one sentence. But then I just kept reading, kept reading, kept reading. Mm. And it was really uh, eye-opening for me to hear Augustine speak uh, so beautifully uh, about his faith, to speak about God. And I'm like, he's, boy, he's he's got all these scripture uh, references, and he's got, you know, just um, laced throughout. And uh, it was a new thing for me at the time. You know, because I was raised Catholic. uh, I mean, both... uh, I was raised Byzantine Catholic, but, you know, had never really done much reading of my own, spiritual reading. So, but going through this book and just hearing Augustine's story um, of how he was a teacher of rhetoric, and I associated that with my learning graphic design, and I said, well, you know, here I am learning to design things to sell people products they may not exactly need, and here Augustine was... Uh, you know teaching people to uh, you know argue you know regardless of whether the argument was true or not, and so I kind of associated with that, but I was still very young and and uh, uh, not I couldn't understand what that meant at the time. I felt some kind of vocation call, but I could not i didn't have the framework to to put it in. I you know, again, I had no idea what they mean. I said, well, I'm in college. I need to finish this college degree. Uh so I eventually did, but I I started reading scripture uh frequently and uh started applying that to my life. And uh, however, you know, it, it was just a long time. It, it took me a duration of six years from when I read first read the Confessions. I read it twice more after that. It was just such a great book. Wow. Uh really easy to read and I liked at the end he started to get more uh, philosophical, and, and that was a uh, uh, really opening for me. Um, but it took me a duration of six years, and in that six years, there's been all these different signs and uh, affirmations, you know, people telling me, even my brother tell me, you know what, why don't you just become a priest, mm. you know, and um, and even my mother, you know, my sister-in-law suggesting that. Well, I was finally living in Fairfax, Virginia, Uh, I had graduated college and I was uh, working um, for a printing company and um, I just, I still wasn't doing very well at life uh, in different ways. And so um, I said, I I finally had this moment of prayer because I was reading a a lot more, reading uh, books on, uh, you know, Eastern, and by Eastern I mean Byzantine spirituality um, uh, saying the Jesus prayer, still reading scripture. Um, but I kind of broke down one night and I said, uh, I remember it. I was praying to God, uh, while lying in my bed. And I said, what I'm doing is not working. I said, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Mm. But I said that with complete surrender, complete, uh, conviction. I meant it, you know, that, uh, Uh, whatever he would ask me to do. And at that moment, I didn't get an audible phrase, but I did have a a sentence in my head. And it was something like, I've been telling you, or I've been asking you, either, I can't remember which word, but I've been telling you, I want you to be a priest. Mm. And so uh, I broke down because I didn't want that. Mm. You know, it was not something I was willing to do at that time because I knew the sacrifices involved And I did not want to make those sacrifices. But at the same time, I knew it was something inescapable. Mm. I knew it was the truth. And I think that's why uh, I understood it so well. Because it was something I was running away from Mm. for such a long time that all of a sudden I'm confronted with it. And now, before, like I said, I didn't know what to do with it because I didn't have the framework. Well, now I was able to articulate what it was. Mm -hmm. But even at that moment, I still couldn't tell anybody, you know? Uh, So it took me probably a few more months until uh, I spoke to my parish priest at the time about that. And, you know, it's so funny, I, I remember back on that, uh, that meeting with him in his office, and I was such a, a bumbling fool, you know, because I couldn't, I couldn't say anything, because I still didn't want to say it. I'm here in his office talking to him about this, asking for his guidance, and I still couldn't articulate mm-hmm. anything because I didn't want to, because I didn't want it to be real. You know, but of course he understood everything that I was saying and he's like, well, okay, you know, the the next step, you know, you should visit the seminary and see if it's really, you know, something that, uh, you know, that, it, see if it makes sense. So I did, you know, so I, I visited our seminary uh, and it did. Everything made sense, you know. Uh, I met the other seminarians and... Uh, you know the life the uh the services, the building itself you know had something about it sometimes you could just tell places are kind of home, you know mm-hmm. and uh, I definitely knew that I was being called at least to become a seminarian um, and it's interesting yeah it's it's a very interesting journey um, but I remember when I told my mom i uh it was a, it was a difficult thing for me to tell her in some ways, but I said I'm going to be a priest which if you know from formation and everything, that's not good to say. It's like, well, you're going to seminary to discern, you know, and, and she later on said to me, uh, you know, I, I knew that you would make it because you told me you said that you were going to be a priest, not I think mm-hmm. or this or that. And um, and I'm, I am in some ways I'm surprised I made it <laughs> through mm-hmm. seminary. You know, it is, it's very difficult. There's a lot of challenges. It's like a, it's like a four-year boot camp, Right. you know, slow, methodical, Breaking down and building up, um, but it's definitely a very necessary and uh, a very good great process. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I did, and and it's funny. Of my, we've we have much smaller numbers. We've we have a seminary in Pittsburgh, and uh, for the Ruthenians and now the Melkites, and the Romanians also use our seminary in the United States. Um, they're all Byzantine, so it, it, it all makes sense. Um, so
0: that's probably a good place to I'll ask the question and then I'll give out the phone number that's probably a good place to to tell us what's the difference between mm-hmm. the Byzantine and the Roman Catholic Church so I'll let you explain that, but first we gotta give out the number and get the phone lines going six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine six seven eight six eight eight. 4549 come on give us a call i also f- failed to mention earlier that if you want to tell father rebeda that you hear him on the radio and that you love him and you appreciate all that he does give us a call you do not have to make a donation to do that we would certainly love it if you do but you don't have to we will absolutely give him the message whether you make a donation or not we want to support him because he's here supporting catholic radio so the number to call 678688 4549. We would sure love to get some more donors as well. We are at $4,350 so far for today. Yesterday we had $58,764 called in, and uh, those are wonderful. We are grateful for every penny, penny, nickel, dime quarter included in that. But you know, you look at the number and you realize it's probably not enough to make it for another six months, which we don't come back again. For another six months or so, as long as uh, we can raise the necessary funds, you get to go back to regular programming until the next pledge drive. Um, so we just really need your help now. We need to to call in and support Catholic Radio so that we can stay strong in Atlanta, so they can pay the bills. You know, the electricity alone. Besides, I mean, think of the things that you have. You know, you have to buy the station. You have the mortgage. You have the electricity. You have the equipment. You have all of those things. Think about what your electricity is at your home. And then think about what it would be for a 50,000-watt station, which is the biggest AM signal that's available. And it takes a lot of electricity run a 50,000 watt station. So can you really just seriously consider whether or not you can give some of the, the treasure that has big, everything we have comes from God. So can you consider giving some of that back so that the Holy Spirit can use it to work through these airwaves? If you can, the number to call is six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine I you know I like to to mention the thirty dollar a month donor because I think most people can come up with a dollar a day you can figure out a way to come up with one dollar a day not all people but most people I think can come up with that Um, I had somebody tell me oh well all I got to do is uh, get a smaller size at Starbucks well yeah that that would do it for sure because Starbucks coffee is expensive so that would definitely do it Um, but uh, you know maybe it's You know, I, I'm the one that goes to quick trip for coffee. That's, that's my thing or iced tea. So I just do that, you know, less often and I can come up with a dollar a day. There are a lot of things that that we can do to, to sacrifice. Maybe it's, you go through the drive-thru for your lunch and instead you, you take a, a brown bag once a week and you've got your $30 a month. So whatever it is give us a call it is the lenten season it's a time for sacrifice and uh, you know so in time for alms giving so maybe you can figure out a way to make that part of your lenten sacrifice and give to catholic radio 6786884549678688 Four five four nine. Again, we're talking with Father Louis Rebeda. He is the pastor at Epiphany of the Lord Byzantine Catholic Church in Roswell. And I asked him, "What's the difference between Byzantine Catholic and, and Roman Catholic?"
1: Yes. The uh, the way I like to explain it, the the quick the quick method is that, of course, the apostles spread out from Jerusalem, and they all spread out in different directions. Well, they brought the faith to the people, to different people of different cultures and different lands and different directions. And uh, one of those cultures and lands was the Greeks. So even though the the uh, eastern half of the Roman Empire was Greek-speaking, and that's why we have all the New Testament uh, documents originally written in Greek, um, but still uh, the, the city of Constantinople um, is really where the Byzantine tradition comes from. So... Uh, Basically, the apostles, you know, the faith grew up within the cultural context of of where they were. So that's, again, so that's why, you know, uh, Rome, the city of Rome itself, um, that's why the liturgy is shaped that way, uh, the statuary is shaped that way. Uh, You know, it has this look to it. It has this, you know, just like any culture does. Um, So, but again, Greece had its own uh, culture and its own style of singing, and uh its own uh artwork style so uh at the same t- but at the time all these churches were in communion with each other because they were the the fullness of the faith so they all believe the same things they all have the same sacraments um they all believe uh as M- in Mary as the intercessor uh and you know all the same beliefs um they just look different you know so there's different uh how do you want to say uh, different externals in a way um and so you know there was not it wasn 't you know we t- we tend to think of uh Christianity or even the original churches from a post reformation point of view well, there was one thing, and then things broke off from that because they didn 't like it you know and that's that 's not what it was these are these were simultaneous cultural differences mm-hmm. you know, and so you have the Ethiopians as well. So, you know, apostles went south in uh, Africa and you have the Ethiopians, you have the Coptics in Egypt, uh, you have the, I'm going to get some of this messed up, uh, Chaldeans in maybe, well, current Iraq, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll use that. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have all these uh, uh, different ones. There's also the uh, Indians, the Syro-Malabar and or Malankara. If anyone out there is that, I apologize if I, mm-hmm. if I, if I bollocks that up. But, um, so you have different, many different rites. Anyway, so the Greeks then, uh, Cyril Methodius, went north uh, to evangelize the Slavic peoples. And so up until that time, this was, this was the 10th century, I think, beginning of the 10th century, the Slavic peoples were still pagans, still offering human sacrifice and things like that. Um, they had not yet been evangelized. So the Greeks went north and evangelized them, and uh, they gave them an alphabet. So this is also the first time that uh, that uh, the that the liturgy and and the and the scriptures and everything were translated into a different language so Cyril Methodius wrote or created a written language for the Slavic peoples and that eventually became uh, what we call today Church Slavonic but that's the root language uh, for all the the Slavic peoples as Latin is for Romance languages. So they created the language for them, and it was the first time uh, that the liturgy was put into a different language other than the traditional languages. So so you have Greek and you have Latin, okay? Anyway, um, so then all these people were evangelized, so they then had the traditions of the Greeks. And um, so what are the differences? Uh, We still have the liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Eucharist, so the structure of uh, the Eucharistic liturgy is the same. But of course, it looks very, very different. Um, but some things that you would notice if you went into a Byzantine church, uh, you would notice that there are a lot of icons, mm. um, usually painted on the wall. You'll notice that there's an what's called an iconostas, an icon screen, which separates the nave where the people sit in the pews from the sanctuary where the altar is. And um, the theological reason for that screen is that it's the separation of the heavenly realm and the earthly realm. so and, and the whole church is set up like that. And so the narthex, I think it's a universal word, is it? Narthex? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the narthex or the vestibule, uh, that represents chaos. So you have these three uh, forms of, of being, of existence. So you go from chaos uh, to the earth itself, or from the neither world, uh, also could be might be able to uh, be understood as Hades, to earth you know, to where we are, and then uh, the heavenly realm is the sanctuary. And so, uh, but this icon screen has, um, always has an icon of Christ. Uh, if you're looking at it on the right, uh, an icon of the Theotokos, uh, or Mary on the left, and then there are usually two doors uh, on each side. There's a central door called the royal doors, and at my church, um, it's 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 very appropriate on the royal doors in the middle you have the Annunciation, and uh it's very beautiful because it's through Mary that we have this gift of salvation so it's like Mary is on the opening of these doors. it is because of her saying yes to Christ or her saying yes to God to uh, bear Christ within her womb that we have uh that we have this gift of salvation through him. You know, because, again, it might have been someone else, might not have been, but she said yes. And so it's through her. Uh, there's a prayer that we pray before the doors. It says, uh, open to us the doors of mercy, O blessed Theotokos. You know, so again, it is through her, uh, through her saying yes to, to God's will that we have that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only, pe- the, um, the only people that come in and out the center doors, the royal doors, are the priest and or the deacon uh, for liturgical function. So uh, when the gospel is read, everything's very central. It's a very simple and yet important archetypal language of the liturgy itself. So, oh, and for us, the tabernacle is on the altar, and it's in the, it's in the center of the altar, and you can walk around the altar. And of course, the priest uh, faces east because he, he faces the tabernacle. Uh, so that, that's always been the tradition. Um, but when things... Uh, Come out! It's you know the gospel is coming out the the center doors and and actually the deacon reads the gospel at liturgy, Um, but at all is all all other services the priest reads the gospel, but it's as if it's coming out from the heavenly realm. The word of God is coming down to heaven and then to the people on earth. So the gospel is coming out those center doors, and likewise the Eucharist. You know, after the consecration, when it's time for everyone to partake of the Eucharist, the priest brings the Eucharist out those center doors. Uh, So the the heavenly bread that has come down is coming towards the people on earth uh, for their benefit, for their sanctification. Um, So those are some differences. Everything is sung. Um, We don't have anything spoken. So the the gospel and the epistles are chanted. Um, All of the responses are sung. Actually, no, we do. I'm sorry. We have one prayer. Uh, it's a prayer before communion that is just recited by everyone in unison, uh, but other than that, everything, everything is sung. Uh, so it's a very participatory liturgy, and um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think it's beautiful. I grew up with it. I grew up with both. Um, so my my mother was Italian American, and my dad was the Ruthenian. And so you know we always went to the Byzantine church, but I went to Catholic school from kindergarten till eighth grade. So of course I was exposed to both and uh uh attended both. Uh but for some reason at a young age I just said to myself, you know, I prefer my dad's church. Mm-hmm. You know, I like it there. And uh I I just made that decision for myself. I, I don't know why, no one asked me. Mm-hmm. Um but uh but I but I always preferred that. And and of course all our holidays, you know, were all centered around the church and uh and those traditions.
0: Mm-hmm. So um Alright, so we'll yeah. find out more about, about your, your vocation story, but we're going to interrupt just for a second and we're going to give out the phone number again because our phone lines are still silent. So come on, give us a call. 678-688-4549. 678-688-4549. Want to say thank you to to the caller that that called in and suggested that I use the term coffee house. I appreciate that. That is good advice, and I will definitely keep that in mind uh, as I as I ask people to call in. So number to call though six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. She was talking about uh, when we're talking about the dollar a day. You know that you, that you can get a smaller size of of mm. coffee at the coffee house. Um, so so I would really encourage our listeners to consider can what can you give up, whether it's a smaller sized coffee, whether it's uh, gosh, going to the movies nowadays. And it's not, although Unplanned is coming up, we all want to support that one. And we'll be interviewing uh, someone from that movie today. But, but you know, a lot of the stuff is not good. But, but for people who frequent the movies, gee whiz, you know, you can, you can give that up pretty easy. You spend 30 bucks almost just going to the movie and popcorn. It's, you know, it's crazy. So, you know, really consider what it is that you can give up in order to give to Catholic Radio. It's a sacrifice and it's a privilege. It truly is um, to, to be able to give to Catholic Radio. And the blessings are abundant. I am telling you, I've been uh, a donor to Catholic Radio myself for 15 years. And uh, the blessings are are truly abundant. So can you please give us a call and give at any amount? 678 Four, five, four, nine, we would really, really love it if we could get another founder so that Father gets to ring the bell. I know I can see his hand going towards it. It is just itching to ring the bell. Can you give us a call so that he can ring the bell a hundred dollars a month for thirty six months? It's a 501c3 organization. We are able to to take it off of our taxes. And most importantly, you are supporting bringing the truths and the traditions of the Catholic Church out through the airwaves to a potential 3.1 million listeners. I don't think you can get a bigger audience for as little amount of money. It truly is an amazing outreach. Um, it was uh, St. John Paul the Great, who said if St. Paul was alive today, he would be on Catholic radio. And I think that's true. It is part of the new evangelization, and it is a tremendous way to get the message out. We have at least one um, Protestant, Jewish, non-Catholic minister who contacts Journey Home or Catholic Answers every single day, to find out more information about the Catholic Church. We had someone who called in yesterday and said they started listening to The Quest a year ago and they were coming into the Catholic Church. It just—it really, truly is an amazing evangelization tool. The only way that we can keep it going is if you pick up the phone and you give us a call at 678-688-4549. Don't sit back and think somebody else is going to do it. They might but you know what I had somebody call in one time this is funny um, he called in one time and he gave a donation during a pledge drive because he said he had his alarm set to Catholic radio and he woke up and it was static and he thought oh it went off the air because I didn't donate so you know it, wasn't. it was just a technical difficulty but nonetheless <laughs> don't let it go off the air there are Catholic radio stations that have been on the air and have gone off we don't want to see that happen with any Catholic radio station so please give us a call and, and support. Support the quest the number to call six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine come on let's get the phone lines going we have had six uh donors today five donors one founder wow. um, we're at four thousand three hundred and fifty dollars so far for today we would love to to really bump that up we always want to do better today than we did the day before whether that's uh with the pledge drive or whether it's in our spiritual life. We always want to grow. And uh, we get to do both. We get to increase our spiritual life, and we get to, to raise the necessary funds through Catholic Radio. So yesterday we were at $58,764. Today we're at $4,350. So we have a ways to go, but we can do this. We can absolutely do it with your help. The number to call again, 678 688 Four nine. We we're talking with Father Louis Rabeta, Um Interrupted his his uh, vocation story just for a minute to find out the difference between a Byzantine Catholic, Roman Catholic. Very interesting. Very very interesting. Um, both both are in union. There's there's uh, you know you talked about you know some um, th- they are they are Ooh. all part of the Catholic Church,
1: right? But to finish the story there. Um... Let me think here. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so of course, all of these different rites uh, were in communion with each other, and all of these rites were present, uh, as far as I know, at all of the ecumenical councils. So, you know, when there was a heresy to fight, um, you know, they fought it together. And again, you know, it's one reason why I like to pray to the Holy Spirit, uh, because we have that. uh, The Holy Spirit guides the Church through the ages. And so there have been other thoughts uh, and many other heresies that were um, outside of uh, the full uh, deposit of faith, um, but those were fought with. Now, what happened then, when there, there was a separation for the Great Schism, and this was approximately, how was it, 1024, I think, 1054, 1054 is the official date, but, you know, as, as anything with history and these complicated matters, it's it's much more than one event, um, but that was the that was the then the the first schism of a, a a major rupture within the church. So that's when all the Orthodox, um, or were considered Eastern, uh, separated from the uh Western Church, the Latin Church. Uh, however, though, at different times of history, uh, some of those uh, Orthodox started to come back into communion with Rome, and so for my particular church, uh, which is in. Uh, you know the the borders of Eastern Europe change frequently through mm. the the centuries, and it's funny. I was talking to someone before the before the the hour, and um, you know they were talking about learning about the early church, and I was going to say that you know it's so funny for the church. Yesterday was just two hundred years ago. You know when you when you when you know church history, you know your your memory is is much longer, and you know you think to you know what. You think as, uh, again, our liturgy, St. John Chrysostom, comes from the 5th century. So it's like, well, uh, you know, it's just not that, it doesn't seem that long ago to us. Yes. But, you know, in the timeline of, of, of God's understanding, um, it was just yesterday. So uh, anyway, but, oh, oh borders of Europe. So it's current day Ukraine, uh, Eastern Slovakia, a uh, little southern tip of Poland, and a little bit of Hungary. Um, so that is my particular ethnicity, uh, the Ruthenian people. Anyway, but the seat of that is in Uzhhorod, Ukraine. Um, at one time, yes, there was the Union of Uzhhorod. This was in the 15th century uh, when uh, our people decided that for, there are many reasons, I think, and I'm not really sure of all of them, uh, but they decided to come back into communion with Rome. So they petitioned Rome. And Rome said, "Okay, you know, yes, you can. You are. You can keep uh, all of your liturgical traditions, all of your liturgical theology, uh, all of your spirituality, um, and you can come back into communion with Rome." And so, my understanding is the uh, the the language of that union was uh, pretty simple. It just said, "You know, we affirm and believe all of the teachings of the Catholic Church." So, um, so again, that's how we are. Uh, Current day, you know, have a different tradition, yet are in full communion uh, with Rome. And so uh, our bishops are, uh, uh, you know, they have papal audiences. um, They're really chosen by Rome. And uh, we are. We're in full communion.
0: Excellent. So So good. I love it. All right. And I have a message for you. Karen Madrig. Oh, I shouldn't say the last name. Karen says, hello, Father Lewis. Karen says, hello, Father Lewis, but I'll show you the last name.
1: Okay, hello Karen. How yeah. are you today?
0: That's awesome. Awesome.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go over there uh, this afternoon actually for a house blessing.
0: Ah, oh, so good. So, yeah. so tell us about it. I don't want to take away from your vocation, oh, story. Yeah, I feel good. like we're kind of going all different directions, Raspberry and we didn't Byzantine. finish one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's that's true, isn't it? Um, a, little, a little chaotic. <laughs> a little. That's awesome. But but tell us a, about a, a house blessing. And first, I'll give out the phone number because. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! We just have to get these phone lines ringing. I feel like we're just being—it makes me nervous. It makes me really nervous if the phones aren't ringing. So come on, for no other reason to, to calm me down a little bit. But but uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. I hope you guys know. Really call in though to support Catholic Radio. It is an amazing evangelization tool, and uh, we could just really use your help. So the number to call is six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. We're talking with Father Louis Rebetta. He's from the pastor at Epiphany of the Lord, Byzantine Catholic Church. Been talking about his vocation story, talking about the um the difference between the Byzantine and the Roman Catholic Church that so they're both in union with Rome. Um, talking about uh, now about a house blessing because Karen called in and said, "Hey, Father, um, we appreciate all that you do," and and he said he's going to go to her house for for a house blessing. So we'll talk about that a little bit as well. And I want to encourage all of our listeners to call in and and do what Karen did and and say, you know, Father, we appreciate you um, because he's here giving of his time. We want to support him. If you can make a donation, that's great. Uh, if you can't, that's great. Just give us a call and say, hey, Father, we're listening and we love you. So number to call is 678-688-4549. And of course, we would love it if you can make a donation as well. Um, all right, so we are talking with Father Lewis House Blessing. What mm-hmm. why why would we do it and how do we do it?
1: We do because we want to sanctify our homes. Um and uh that is to uh keep it holy, to sanctify, to make sure there is no uh evil presence there. Um the holy water, it's usually done after the feast of Theophany. Um, I think we have a little different. Yeah, the uh, January sixth is Theophany, so the the baptism of our Lord, and that's when um, we have the great blessing of water. When we make the holy water, uh, make it. When we, you know, when the priest blesses the holy water, and there's there's really exorcisms that go over the water, um, uh, to to make it uh, pure, to make sure there's nothing nefarious in there. Um, and so usually the house blessings are done in very close proximity. Uh, to the the feast of Theophany, um, but I have this is my first year down here, so I, I found it very difficult because my uh, parishioners live anywhere. Some live fifty minutes in different directions, and uh, so um, so I've been trying to do that. So one house blessing might take me half a day, you know, mm-hmm. just to drive there, spend time with people, and mm-hmm. um, and and whatnot. So it's been taking me a little while to get organized, um, but. Usually around that, and then um, around that time, so you, we bring the Jordan water, uh, you know, we call that, there, there, we have two uh, blessings of water a year. There's the the great blessing of water on Theophany, uh, that's the, the, the longer service of, of, the, of the water blessing, and that's called then the Jordan water. And then we have, I think in end of June or July, something like that, anyway, half year, and then we could have the lesser blessing of water if we run out of holy water. Um but the tradition is, you know, of course, then you want to go around and and uh, bless the homes, and we should do this once a year. That that was the tradition, um, is once a year. But again, you have, you know, we're coming coming from the European village model to now the United States, and now even a different form of of living in the United States. You know, in these uh, metropolises, uh, so so things are a little more uh, difficult, but. To to bless the house when we bless the house, um, the priest goes there and it's it's a little service you know we 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 sing and um, and then we bless the house uh, but we go through every room and while we go through every room we sing the troparion of Theophany uh, a troparion is a, a hymn written for a specific saint or a specific uh, uh, feast day and so um, you know we sing at your baptism. In the Jordan, O Lord, worship of the Trinity was revealed, for the Father's voice has borne witness to you, calling you his beloved Son, uh, something like that. So we sing that all through the whole house. Mm. And then we go through it and bless every room with holy water. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there's something important. I've, I've learned this from a, from a Roman priest, that, you know, there's something for... there's There's a sanctifying element to incense, there's a sanctifying element, of course, to the holy water, because it is it is blessed and exercise, but also to singing, filling the room with song, filling the room. You're filling the air, so you're sanctifying the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're sanctifying uh, the whole house when you're singing that uh going through it, and... Uh, and it's very, very good to do, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, you, you want your, your, your space to be holy, your home to be holy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so hopefully uh, temptation doesn't come as easily mm-hmm. uh, and, and that we can um, be protected, you know, from these things that assail us. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's why we do the house blessing. Mm-hmm. And and just, you know, very much tradition, mm-hmm. and especially around that time.
0: What a so. what a beautiful um tradition to to bring mm-hmm. in to the home and and to really um just bring peace into the home and god's mm-hmm. God's blessing is what you're bringing
1: and at the end we we- of course pray for the whole family that lives there you mm-hmm. know and we have a uh it's i don't know if it's all Byzantines or if it's just the Ruthenians or what i i I wouldn't know but uh, we say God grant you many years mm-hmm. and so that's like our celebratory um we could do it for a birthday for an anniversary you know we sing to the anniversary couple you know god grant you many years um and and so that's kind of our blessing so we sing that at the end you know mm-hmm. for for the the family members there and uh you're you're asking god's blessing upon the home and upon the family mm-hmm. as well
0: mm-hmm. so and i would mm-hmm. i would just shout out to all of our our listeners that uh, whether it's byzantine or whether it's uh through the the Roman Catholic Church, both do the the blessings, mm-hmm. so um, I would encourage you to to look into it because it really is a, a beautiful thing to to bring into your home. Um, we I want to say a shout out to all of our donors so far for today we've had Tom Michelle, Kyle, Pam, John, and Karen who have all called in. Kyle was our monthly donor for the day, and uh, he increased his monthly donation. So we are grateful to to Kyle. And, you know, that's another shout out is, you know, maybe at the last pledge drive you called in as a monthly donor and you want to renew that or you want to increase it. Give us a call. The number to call is 678 688 Four, five, four, nine, join Kyle as a monthly donor because man, monthly donors they really help, everything helps, certainly, everything helps all the the fifty dollars hundred dollars one time donations it all helps because it all joins together, but I'm telling you the monthly donors really give them the ability to to plan and to sit back and know this money's coming in next month and and it just brings a a peace and a a stability to to the catholic radio station so if you can be a monthly donor that would be awesome um number to call 678-688-4549 and if you want to join Karen in saying, "Hey Father, we hear you and we appreciate you," then please give us a call for that as well. You do not have to make a donation. We also take prayer requests. If you have a prayer request, we do not sell prayers. So, give us a call and we will we will put your prayer request on here whether you make a donation or not. 678-688 four, five, four, nine. Again, we are talking with Father Louis Rabeda. Actually, yes. Thank you, Annie. Um, You can also go online to thequestatlanta.com. So if you can't make a phone call, maybe you're listening. Some people listen at work with their headphones and they can't actually make a phone call, but they could get online and donate at thequestatlanta.com. So please do that as well. Um, Lots of the online donors have, have pledged during this this pledge drive, and we appreciate that as well. So 678 688 4549, talking with Father Louis Rebeda. He is the pastor at Epiphany of the Lord Byzantine Catholic Church in Roswell. And we are we are grateful. We were talking about your your vocation story, and you said it's very Byzantine to jump around. So I'm jumping mm-hmm. around a whole lot right. during this interview. I feel kind of uh, kind of like I'm confusing our <laughs> listeners out there. I apologize. Um, but but you were mentioning in your vocation story something caught my ear, and it may be nothing or it may be something. But but you said. Even my brother, even my mother had said, you know, maybe you should be a priest. I don't, you know, I do a lot of interviews of priests. I don't usually hear even, even my brother, even my mother. So what was it in there that, that uh, made you think that, uh, that they're even seeing something in you?
1: Well, maybe I use the word even for my brother is because he definitely had fallen away from the faith. Mm. So it was almost, it was much more of a, he had since come back, uh, but at that time he was in a, not, in he was not in a good place. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to hear that from him, uh, even in his, uh, you know, in his current state, uh, it was, was, you know, much more of a... uh, uh, Of an of an affirmation, and of course, I more vehemently rejected that. Yeah. Um, you know, but my mother uh, also was encouraging me. That was not uh out of the ordinary, or that was not very surprising. Yeah. Um. Also, one of my sister in laws, you know, she was encouraging me as well. Uh, and so so there must have been something that they saw that I couldn't, I myself could not see.
0: Yeah.
1: You know. Um. And and um, very interesting. Actually, I remember listening to. It was uh, my mother and I were traveling on a long car ride. I don't know his current status with the church, but it was at the time it was a tape from Father Karapi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. So anyway, I don't know where he is right now. Yeah, but it was, very, it was a very it was a very very influential talk that he gave. You know about his uh, previously troubled life, and then you know how he. Uh, uh, came to this understanding that of his vocation, and uh for me that was very inspiring and and it you know something i didn 't mention you know it really it listening to that talk and and some of these other moments it just welled up something inside of me in my heart almost you know you hear that you hear that phrase this burning heart and you know i I experienced that and i just couldn't i didn't know what to do with it i didn't mm. didn 't know how to articulate, it, but i knew it was something uh, something very very real uh, that I, that I really could not escape. And, um, so I had, I had that experience that time and, and several other times, uh, uh, th- this whole burning heart sensation. Mm. Um, and, and I guess that was the affirmation I needed, you know, to, to take those very scary steps. Mm-hmm. You know, you think you're on one path of life and then all of a sudden you're on a very different path. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's full filled with a lot of uncertainty. Um, and you, you just never know what's going to happen, but you know, looking back on it now, it, uh, it it's really been amazing, and I I know that um, I definitely made the right decisions, mm-hmm. and uh, um, things just seem to be falling in place. Yeah. So.
0: How long have you been a priest now?
1: Um, three years. Wow! So you're yeah. a newbie. I am yeah
0: uh, very newbie, well, <laughs> definitely knowledgeable newbie though, so well, so I also want to give you a message here, so um oh. uh father Father deacon Michael, is that oh, right? am I yes. reading this right from uh-huh. Epiphany says hello. Good morning, and we love you. So thanks for all you do. That's what he says, and uh, so that's a message for you. I'll give that to you. Oh. And uh, so thank, thank you, you, Father to Deacon. Michael. Yes, we only have five more minutes. I want to give out the number again. Encourage people to call in and and uh, give their support to Father Louis Rabeda. If you can make a pledge at the same time, that's awesome. But if all you do is call in and say we love you, that's awesome too. Six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. One other thing that that really um I want to to emphasize again and and have you maybe state and then I'll give you the rest of the 5 minutes to to and we want to get your blessing through the airwaves before you leave. But but you, one thing I want to emphasize is that you know you were really fighting against, you know, when you your mm-hmm. vocation story, it wasn't the path that you wanted to take, but you talked about this finally surrender, this total surrender where you said what I'm doing's not working. Whatever you want me to do, I will do, and you were talking to the lord and and that's when things happen is whenever you give that surrender mm-hmm. so do you have suggestions for all of us on a way that we can really trust and surrender
1: That's something people ask uh, frequently, and I keep saying, you know I, I'm not sure if there's any way to uh to there's, if there's any trick to it, but there really is a vulnerability uh, that one has to uh, uh, one has to enact in themselves, and we usually put up all these defenses. We put up all these walls around ourselves because we want to be protective, or we think that we want to be in control. And and the funny thing is, is that we see sometimes how little control we have over our lives, over ourselves, over other people. Uh, but when we, when we give that up, you know, and again, you know, how do you give that up is, is the question um, I'm often asked. And I, I, you know, I don't know how to say it. I mean, I, I came to that certain point then, you know, because I, I real, I, I just had the complete realization that it's it was obvious that my, all my powers of control uh, were not functioning as I had expected them to function. So I suppose when you, when you realize that you're powerless, maybe, I mean, I think you hear that from groups, you know, you know, realize you have no power over whatever this thing is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it could be pride, it could be uh, control or, or who knows what. But to realize that, you know, it's not working as it is. Mm-hmm. And to know that uh, God's methods are much better mm-hmm. because He's, of course, omnipotent. He has every good thing in store for us when we want to give things over to him, and allow him to uh, to maneuver them, uh, to bring about uh, uh, change, to bring about good things. Mm-hmm. Um, so God never destroys. You know, He's always going to want to build up and repair. And so some people are even afraid of that repair mm-hmm. because you know if they're so comfortable, you know if if dysfunction or or whatever it is is all you know, you know, and then you're going to be comfortable there. But to give that up or, or to at least say or to at least name it mm-hmm. and say, this is a problem, you know, for some people, they're not going to want that because that might be everything that they're comfortable with and, and know. yes. But to really give that up, uh, yeah, I, I, people ask me that and I'm not sure. I'm, you know, you just kind of have to come to that uh, point or that point in prayer. You need prayer. Without prayer, uh, it, it's so difficult to talk to God mm-hmm. because you need that experience of long prayer. You know, I, I say that, and that's another form of, of challenging yourself and giving away to, okay, maybe you say the rosary, maybe you say one rosary, and then say, well, you know what, I'm going to say another one, mm-hmm. and then after that, you're like, you know, yeah, you could get up, you could do something else, you could go to bed, I'm going to say another one, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. We uh, often say the Jesus prayer in the in uh, in the Byzantine churches. So, okay, you said 100 Jesus prayers. Go for another second What's the you know,
0: Jesus prayer? Some of our listeners don't know
1: many forms, but the the basic form is Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a mm-hmm. sinner. Mm-hmm. Or it could be Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. Or you know, but and they Even say there's just
0: the name the, of Jesus. Just, just well, just that's include, what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much in that. Mm-hmm. You know, Lord Jesus Christ. Obviously, you're acknowledging Him as mm-hmm. as your Lord. You're acknowledging Him as the, the Savior. Um, you realize that He is the one to give mercy. And mercy can mean anything. Mm-hmm. You know, mercy can mean uh, blessings. It could mean forgiveness. It could mean uh, encouragement. It could mean all these different things. Mm-hmm. So when we ask for the for the will of God, for Him to enact what He wants for our lives, not for what we want. Mm-hmm. We exactly. say this frequently a Byzantine mm-hmm. prayer. Um, for what is beneficial for our souls, mm. you know, because so many times we can ask for things that might not be appropriate at that time, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and going back in my life, you know, you can sometimes grumble about certain things that happen, but then you look back and you say, you know what, I was upset about it at the time, but I realized it was for my benefit because I needed that to grow. Yes. But we don't see that at the time, yes. you know, so that's why asking for mercy, I think, is the best, uh-huh, the best prayer, Excellent. you know.
0: Well, we are out of time. We'll have to have oh. you back again. It went okay. really quickly, mm-hmm. but we would love to get your blessing before, before you leave. So I'm going to kneel down. It'll go to all oh, of sure. us here as well as out through the airwaves.
1: Okay. May the Lord bless you from Zion, and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life.
0: Mm. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and yeah. the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. All right. So we have been talking with Father Louis for Beta. He's the pastor at Epiphany of the Lord Byzantine Catholic Church here in Roswell, and we are grateful for his time. We are going to take a short break. We would love for you to call us. Call us now because uh, then you can just sit back and listen to our next guest. That is Joey Mart- Martinek. He's the director of Respect Life Ministry for the Archdiocese of Atlanta. Sarah Flood, who's the local Marquette NFP instructor. So we'll be talking with them um, from 10 to 11. Right now, short break. Number to call six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine.